may be advised to evacuate. This is Katie Olagoke, and you're listening to Not Just a Bad Day, a podcast where Black folks share stories with you about their mental health. Not Just a Bad Day is a platform that focuses on mental health in the Black community. We at Not Just a Bad Day are working really, really hard to erase the stigma surrounding mental health through storytelling. Our goal is to gather motivating minds to share their stories to foster learning and inspiration, and to provoke conversations that really matter. So thank you for tuning in on episode one. On today's episode, you're going to hear from my longtime friend, Oliver Colbert. Oliver is a writer and a poet. He's also the founder of Writers League, a networking company for creative writers in New York City. All right, let's begin. My mom was my world, for real. <laughs> um, she passed away February of 2017, and um, it was hard trying to accept the fact that she transitioned, um, but I knew it was something that I had to, and I know it's cliche to say this, but you never think it can happen to your parents, but now it's crazy to say this, but I, I think I have a, a different understanding of that cliche. You know, we all have these superheroes in our lives that we never expect to fall victim to any of a natural or unnatural causes of death or sickness. And it, is, it isn't the fact that um, they have immunity or have access to some secret potion that we think our superheroes can't be affected by any of uh, anything. Well, we project invincibility on them as a result of all the things we've seen them overcome without missing a beat. And for me, um, my mom was that superhero. You know, she raised three kids while battling with depression after my dad passed away and left her a widow, um, you know, while we were just babies, while we were just kids, you know. Um, I'm my, Myself, I'm the middle of three children. My older brother, Isaiah, he's 30, and my younger sister, uh, who, Olivia, is 24. My mother, she was 5'2", 120, 120 pounds, maybe 120 pounds. She was a small woman. Uh, my brother and I were both are both six feet, and my sisters she's five nine, five ten, and played college basketball. So you can even, you can imagine, uh, we were probably her size when we were in middle school and high school, maybe even younger than that. And I say all that to give you a depiction of her strength, um, not only physical strength, but her emotional and spiritual strength. Like she would be able to break up fights or arguments between me and my siblings with nothing but words and looks from the corners of her eyes. She wasn't always confident in her parenting abilities from a traditional standpoint. She wasn't one to say, face the wall, go on timeout. Um, I seen her make mistakes and be hesitant, which I didn't understand at the time, was her being beautifully human and knowing that she's flawed, but she still, but she was still trying, you know, trying to do something as amazing and as as uh, admirable 
and as loving as raising us the best way she knew how. She operated out of a space of respect and love, um, and that wasn't fully predicated on fear or physical discipline. We didn't cross certain lines because all three of us understood that we were supposed to honor our mother and ourselves. You know, she taught us that. I could go on for days about all the things that she taught us, how unique she was in, in every possible way. But that's not where I want to go with this this section of the but that's not where I want to go. In 2015, my mother sat me down and she told me that she found a lump in her breast and that it was uh, that she was diagnosed with breast cancer. I remember feeling all the air being snatched out of my body. And for a second, I forgot she was standing in front of me talking. I was silent and frozen for a few seconds until I quickly came to And I said, people survive this all the time. We're going to get through this. And she just smiled and she said, yeah, you're right, sweetie. Right now, uh, even trying to, trying to express this to y'all and share this with, with whoever's listening, I'm fighting back tears. Um, because at that moment, when I, when I remember it, I can... It was almost as if she knew what was about to happen, what kind of battle she was about to embark on and what kind of fights and pain that she was going to endure. And her battle with cancer lasted two years. I've seen her, I've seen her add to her superpowers. She battled cancer, chemotherapy, you know, and all the things that come with chemo, the weight loss, hair loss, and all through all that she smiled and she still glowed and she still managed to, to be the best fucking mother my best friend, you know, is is crazy. Um, and I think that my depression started around the same time when she told me that she was diagnosed. I didn't recognize my own depression, though. You see, my mental health was at an all-time low, and I was still smiling and doing fun stuff, quote-unquote fun stuff. <laughs> I was in my second year of grad school, um, if you'd asked me at that time if I was depressed, I would have told you, no, I'm good. And I would have said it with confidence, too. But really, inside, I was in pieces. And I didn't even know what to make of anything. I didn't, I didn't take the time to process what I was witnessing, what I was experiencing, how I was dealing with that trauma. I just tried to keep a smile and keep, up, keep, my, faith, uh, keep my faith strong. My siblings and I would take turns taking off work. Um, to take my mom to her doctor's appointment. She went through multiple chemo sessions, multiple surgeries, always with one of us there, if not all of us by her side. The suspense was there every appointment because we never knew what the doctor was going to come out and tell us. I remember going with her, and every time I tried to mentally prepare myself for the worst news, each visit chipped away at me, and I'm sure it did her. I couldn't afford to show my fear or my brokenness to her. She would try to do what she's always done and hold me up. And her energy shouldn't be spent on keeping me together. I knew that. I knew she needed all of her energy to fight for her fight. Um, through the visits, the scares, the close calls, I carried an empty smile and a laugh that 
was caved in. No one around me would think I was depressed. I would use distractions to keep me going day to day. Those distractions range from, you know, doing my little poetry open mics that I like to do or allowing the applause from my support supporters to drown out the sound of my internal crying and crumbling. I noticed that I would get into random fights with my, my girlfriend at the time. I would project my pain on her in ways that were unhealthy. She was a victim of a war that she had nothing to do with. She literally wanted to love me, and I continuously made that harder for her by starting fights with her for no apparent reason. I would break up with her on a regular and ignorantly try to justify it with myself by saying, I'm young. All we do is argue. I, want to, I don't want to be in a relationship right now. All of those are real things to the naked eye, but in my case, I, I know that all of those things deep down were all excuses um, and the broken parts of me trying to avoid being um, vulnerable and exposed um, during that time of my life. I was just broken. I couldn't articulate it in a productive manner, so I would just argue. The pain that I stifled with forced smiles and laughs began manifesting itself in ways that became detrimental to the people that loved me. My siblings and I began to argue about random things when my mom was sick. We never argued in front of her, though. I felt as though as she grew closer to her transition, I became more and more aware of the pain that I was feeling in my emotional health. The smile started to slow down. Ended up quitting my job. Changed my diet. I wasn't eating as much. I stopped writing as much as I used to. I broke up with my girlfriend again. I started making baseless decisions. I wasn't, I wasn't that motivated. During this period of my life, it was late in 2016. I had already finished grad school. My siblings and I went to visit my mom in the hospital. I arrived to the room and I see my brother there and a number of doctors standing around my mom's bed. That was the day the doctors told her that the cancer had advanced into her bones and that there wasn't anything they can do and that she was being put on what they call hospice care. Again, the air was snatched from my body. But this time, I looked over at my mom and she wasn't crying. She didn't appear scared or anything. In fact, she looked at my siblings and I. She said, don't cry. I'm not going anywhere. Even if I'm not here, I'm here with you. A few days later, she, um, she transitioned. After she passed, all of the pain and emotions that I was hiding inside surfaced. But to my surprise, it wasn't in a negative way. After she passed, I felt this sense of understanding of myself of the pain that I was experiencing and causing. It was fucking crazy, honestly. I admitted to myself that I was depressed and I've been depressed for a while. I, I admitted to myself that this pain that I was hiding from and projecting on everyone else was real and it needed to be taken care of. I tried things to, I tried different things to tend to the pain. I tried meditating. I tried seeking forgiveness from people I've wronged. I tried burning incense and listening to self-help podcasts reading self-help books. I began journaling. Um, all of those things helped, some more than others, but I still had moments when I felt really low. Soon, 
I made the decision to Google some some therapists in, in, in my area. I'd never been to a therapist before because, like, in most black families, stuff like that is tabooed. Um, when you had an issue, you either kept it to yourself or you let it go, you know. But at this point, there was no way I was going to continue hiding from my pain and destroying my life and my mental health. I wanted to speak to someone. I went to my first session and let everything out. It was so relieving to speak to someone openly about how I was feeling and what I was feeling. The therapist provided me with perspective and gave professional opinions on things that I I came to address as trauma and my depression. And she she really provided me with a perspective and a, and a and a framework that I can use to see my pain and deal with it, you know, in a real way. And I swear, I, I felt so better leaving there. It was it was amazing. Today, I can't lie, I still struggle at times with my mental health, but it's nowhere near as bad as it was before. I honestly, honestly believe that my mom's spirit is what guided me to this place of finding resolve in all of this pain. Even in a non-physical state, she continues to be the best fucking mother in the world. I plan on going back to another session soon and trying to make therapy a more regular thing. It's amazing what talking to a professional can, like, what it did for me. Uh, I don't mention the fact that I went to therapy to everyone because I guess I'm not interested in dealing with people's judgment. But fuck that shit. <laughs> it definitely helped. And I definitely plan on going back. Um, I guess that during this time, this low part of my life, people would probably just say, during this low part of my life, I assume people probably thought I was having a, a bad day, you know, when the smile stopped and the laugh, the laughs were, weren't, weren't as genuine or authentic or even sometimes weren't even there. But deep down, it wasn't a bad day. I was really dealing with some demons, you know, some real tough stuff that had me thinking things that were just bad thoughts, you know. So it definitely wasn't just a bad day. And I'm happy now. You know, in a better space now. And it feels good. Thank you for listening to episode one of Not Just a Bad Day. If you were moved by Oliver's story, I encourage you to stay tuned for episode two, where I share my personal story about my mental health journey. I want to thank Oliver for guest starring on today's episode, and I want to thank you all again for listening. Talk to you next week.